Shameless Media. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Flex Mommy, welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. I should have played a sound effect, but I didn't have one ready. That's fine. Flex, you are a professional opinion haver, which is why I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. While I'm sure so many of our listeners are familiar with the work that you do, in case they aren't, by way of introduction, could you please elevate a pitch yourself to me? Ugh. I'll just rattle off the job titles and if people are interested in in seeking further, they can. Yes. We'll leave deets in the show notes if need be. I am a best-selling author, TV and radio presenter, podcaster, managing director of three companies. Yeah, you are. that's it. Yes. I mean, that's what matters today. I think on your website you say you're a doer of all things. And that's pretty accurate, isn't it? Flex, I'm going to kick things off today with the question of all questions when it comes to secrets. Mm -hmm. Can you keep one? Yeah, if I need to. But I would describe myself as someone who used to be quite lawful neutral. So I like to follow rules when they kind of make sense to me. But I think these days are more chaotic neutral. Realistically, I feel like a secret shouldn't be my burden to keep. Mm -hmm. If someone's just offloading for the sake of feeling as though they want to share that pressure with somebody else, right? Yeah. If I can use my own emotional bandwidth or moral bandwidth to determine that this is so sacred it mustn't be shared probably won't share it yeah yeah use your judgment if I feel like it's a bit of good gossip for me and my three best friends I'm gonna tell them it also kind of depends which social circles you're discussing these secrets in. like some social circles don't overlap it's why I tell my sister most things just to be frank because she doesn't know any of my friends we do not have any overlapping friends so it's like her secrets are safe with me they're safe with her I will say though if somebody dms me it's not a secret I feel like a lot of people tell me things in confidence via my dms we're not friends it's not a secret yeah it is going straight into the work group chat I'm screenshotting it and passing it on. I don't really care. If it's my nearest and dearest, which is like I can count them on five fingers, I'm going to be far more considered with more so when I share it, if I share it, rather than who I share it with. I feel like secrets are mostly timely. Totally. Do you have one person that you tell all secrets to no matter what? I've got two. Oh. Yeah, my soulmate Grace and Sully, my best friend. Also soulmate, but soulmate Grace is her official title. Flex, I asked you before this to prepare me a secret to bring to the table because I feel like it's only fair. We ask listeners every week to share a secret with us. What do you got for me? The one thing that I could think of, or I have two, but we'll go with the first one, is, okay, this is not a secret, but I've had panic attacks twice in my whole entire life. The one we won't get into, but the second one was a random night when I was sitting in my bed and it just suddenly came over me that one day humans won't exist anymore 
and I freaked out. Like, you know, when you, when you visualize yourself in your room and then you scale out to your house, yeah. you scale out to your suburb, scale out to your country, scale out to the earth, scale out to the galaxy. And then it's just gone. And at one That point, is overwhelming, Flex. You've overwhelmed me. <laughs> terrible. And what really, like, I'm, my heart is beating so fast. And the worst thing about it is think of all the mundane things, the inconsequential things that stop you from really excelling. I'm not talking career related. I'm talking about not telling somebody how you feel for fear of some random arbitrary consequence, not, you know, dressing how you want to, not eating that food you said you wanted to, feeling insecure about showing one's arms or whatever it is. And then you're going to die. And then you're probably not going to come back. And then like human nature will cease to exist. And we're just meant to go live? You know what, Flex? I feel like I'm you're, tearing te- up. you're telling this to the right person because some of those things that you just said are things that I fear all the time. Like, fuck, I want to say this thing, but I'm too scared. I'm too scared about how the other person's going to respond. I need to think more like that. Like, fuck it. We're on this earth once. Just say what you want. Imagine me in the dark having a yeah. full-blown panic attack. A crisis. I was freaking out. Flex, it's officially time. Listeners of the show will already know this, but in every episode, we open a letter from one of the listeners. Each letter will reveal that person's deepest, darkest secret, a secret that they've never told anybody. Now, Flex, you and I don't know what this letter contains just yet. We will find out at the exact same time as our listeners at home. I've got the letter for you right here to read. Today's secret is from Amanda. Let's open the letter, which our producer, Justine, will narrate for everybody listening. Over to you, Justine. Boy, do I have a secret for you. I was a pretty reserved, shy kid in high school. By year 11, most of my friends had left a focus on career paths that didn't require VCE, which meant I was a little lonely and distracted in my classes. That year, slowly and naturally, I grew closer to some of my teachers, who I'd begun to see for actual people who existed outside of the school's walls. One teacher I grew closer to that year was Mr. B, who taught my biology class. Mr. B was the kind of teacher schoolgirls had crushes on, myself included. He was young, maybe eight or nine years older than the VCE students he was teaching, as well as charismatic and likeable. I enjoyed his company at school, and when he learned that I didn't really have any interest in biology and planned on dropping the subject in year 12, he found ways to connect with me anyway. For example... It wasn't unusual for Mr. B to ask me up to his desk in class so that I could check out what things he'd added to his online shopping cart or have a chat about whatever was on his mind. Aside from that, the online shopping chats at his laptop or brief conversations in the schoolyard, the dynamic between myself and Mr. B was nothing out of the ordinary. That is, until I graduated a year later and Mr. B added me on Facebook. When I accepted his friend request... I remember noticing that Mr. B was already friends with a handful of girls from my year level, but didn't think too much about it. Four years passed before Mr. B properly reached out. I was traveling across Europe with my cousin and had posted some statuses and travel photos to my timeline to update my friends and family with what my cousin and I were up to. When we were in London, Mr. B reached out. It turns out in the years since we'd last spoken, he'd stopped teaching and taken a job at a private company in the UK. He asked me if I wanted to get dinner, and after tossing up whether or not this was a path I wanted to go down with my old teacher, I decided, screw it. I'm halfway across the world. Why not just see what happens? I lied to my cousin and told her I was grabbing dinner with a friend from back home because I knew the kinds of questions and judgment that would come from telling her I was going on a date with my former biology teacher. (laughs) Mr. B and I got on great on the date, 
and after a few drinks, decided to go home together. We ended up having sex at his place, which was great. As it was happening, I couldn't believe how we'd gone from point A to point Z in what felt like the blink of an eye. But whenever I raised the fact that I was once his student, he shut it down. He didn't want me mentioning how we met or asking questions as to whether he'd ever done this with anyone else in my year level. The weirdest part about the whole experience is that the next morning, after exchanging the obligatory, hope you get home safe and I had a great time texts, we literally never spoke again. This isn't a story I've ever really told anyone because I know that student-teacher relationships, particularly when they involve teenagers who are still at school, come with an unequal or abusive power dynamic. But I would want anyone listening to know that I never felt vulnerable or powerless when I slept with Mr. B. Quite the opposite, actually. I love that I did it. Having sex with him felt rebellious and liberating. I have no idea if Mr. B's one-night stand with me was a once-off or if he has a habit of doing this with women he used to teach. All I know is that I enjoyed it and I love keeping it my little secret. That wow. was I thought I was reading pages of a smut book. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. As always, Flex, let's start with our initial reactions because there was a lot there. Like it was quite juicy and salacious is where my gut went. I want to know what details stood out to you about that one. The biology shopping cart situation. Yeah. And here's the thing. When I was in high school, I too was the type of student who wanted to push that relationship, not romantically, but I wanted to have a special connection with all of my teachers because it was like a hierarchy thing, like a power dynamic thing. If I have a more casual relationship with this teacher, I can get away with more things. I can use my phone. I can talk, whatever. So I get that. But also I'm thinking about the male teachers that I had when I was in high school. And for the most part, they kind of went above and beyond to keep us all at a distance yeah. because you didn't even need to be hot. <laughs> but anyway, like, oh God, hey, Santa, I have a question. You know, yeah. so for your own benefit, you kind of keep a distance. So the fact that he was going out of his way to establish a stronger connection in front of the other students feels so intentional. And so icky. I have some male friend teachers now and they often tell me that like they're explicitly told things like the amount of boundaries you need to put in place for it to be okay and legal. And I just think that that's where my gut fell to begin with was that like the fact that this took me to my own high school experience. I went to an all girls school. Yeah, a very specific experience. But a lot of the male teachers did behave in ways that kind of reminded me of Mr. B. It's honestly not acceptable and I don't want to ignore the fact that Amanda here is saying that she feels sexually liberated and she actually does not think it's problematic, which I totally think is valid. But I don't think that that excuses Mr. B's behaviour. I don't think it makes him not a fuckwit. What do you think? Yeah. The thing here is I feel like this – the big secret – is not that big of a secret. It's all the little details that make it quite precarious. Yes, totally. So you slept with your teacher five, six, seven years after you graduated. I'm, what, you're 25? It's fine, okay? Let's not pretend like it's not a big deal. You rooted your your ex-teacher. But the thing is, it's the fact that it had built up in this very particular way. Let's not pretend it's not a little bit creepy. In year 11, you're a loner at school. Your male biology teacher figures this out, wants to befriend you. Cool. Maybe he was just being sweet. Maybe he really cares. Maybe he didn't want to see you alone. Then the moment you graduate, friends you on Facebook to not talk to you. 
to yeah. wear your pictures. Ugh. Weird. <sighs> then four years later, to still be keeping enough tabs on you that when you happen to be in the same country, he's hitting you up. That's weird. Yeah. I want to talk about the kinds of factors that you think would maybe make something like this okay. But before we get there, let's hear from today's sponsor. Right. So what are the factors that you think might make this okay? Because for me, I think the timing was all wrong, in my opinion. I don't think two years after graduating from high school is enough time to add a student on Facebook. No. And I think the other red flag in this whole thing is that this person is aware of the optics. Yes. It'd be one thing if you were just so oblivious to the fact that it could be potentially weird. But at any given point, you can see outside of your own individual situation to keep clarifying that you find it empowering and you find it liberating and you find it exciting it's like yeah these are all cool things like yes get it sis but the epitome of wisdom is to reconcile two incompatible beliefs and so we can say this is creepy a little bit Mm -hmm. not necessarily on her end on his end for sure yes full-on creepy from mr b's end and like maybe a little hot from your end Uh, Yeah, exactly. It'd be kind of funny. So do you see your, could you sleep with an ex-teacher? Yeah. Not that I remember them. I feel like my my brain is a bit like fried from TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're asking me, could I imagine myself sleeping with someone from my past who was in a position of power over me? For sure. Yeah. But from the lens of an adult who's like, I'm going to do it anyway. This is funny. Text it to the group chat. But this, it's like the way that this person's written this letter is from the perspective of a child. Like, you know, I did this naughty thing. And what the fact is my cousin going to think I lied? That's the thing. The, the fact that she's lying to the people in her life and she's not using it as a funny story, she's not using it as material to tell her friends and laugh about, that's why I'm like maybe it is deep down a problem for her that she feels shame about this right? and she doesn't want to tell anybody. Because here, and I quote, I lied to my cousin and told her I was grabbing dinner with a friend from back home because I knew the kinds of questions and judgment that could come from telling her I was going on a date with my former biology teacher. Here's the thing, though. That lie didn't need to happen. That was a nice moment of connection with your cousin, babe. You're traveling the world. You're living. (laughs) Also, thank you for that reading by Flex. That was beautiful. (laughs) So tell your cousin. Yeah. You're aware of the optics. It's almost like projecting this false sense of confidence that, like, this is totally fine. And if you say it's not fine, I'm going to tell you it's liberating because I chose to do it. Yeah, love it, babe. But can we have some room to talk about the details? Because, like, you're blocking us off with this whole, like, I found it empowering. Yeah. That's all good. And I think by way of her not telling her cousin about this and by keeping this a secret from the people closest in her life, just is quite indicative of the fact there might be a little bit of shame around this encounter. There's a chance that she might be feeling a little bit muddled about this. Because let's not forget, (laughs) and I quote, when she references that... I have no idea if Mr. B's one night stand with me was a once off or if he has a habit of doing this with women he used to teach. This is the thing. If it was really loose, loose above board, it could be a casual conversation. Oh my God, who have you ran into? Oh, you had a drink with so-and-so? So funny. We're all adults now. It's not even a big deal. The fact that after this very intimate interaction with someone who you've up until this point phrased to be, you know, such a charming guy, very helpful. You can't have a casual conversation. You've just been intimate with them. The words are saying a different story. Yeah, totally. Flex, I want you to hear what people on the streets have to say because I took to the streets a few weeks ago and I asked people whether they think a situation like this is weird. Let's hear from them. 
Is it weird to sleep with your high school teacher years after you've graduated? I think it's weird, but like, why not? Yolvo. Well, one of our teachers was a model. He was a graduate, so he's young, you know. Yeah, and he was a PE teacher, like literally stunning. So if I saw him at the club and, you know, we hit it off, I would say YOLO. I think I would potentially, like, think of them differently because they do know me as a student. But then also, like, if I'm happy to do it, YOLO. Yes. 100% yes, that's weird. That's a no for me. It's just power dynamic. You've had older man that's seen you growing up, or older woman, whatever way it is. Not okay. Um, no, I do it. So yeah. No. <laughs> I'd say it's a little bit weird, but I, oh. I can also can look past that. I can be yeah. like, you know what? If it's a kind of Pretty Little Liars kind of oh thing, it's right, it's right. Love that. I would say it's a little bit weird, but like I can I can look past it. I would say yes. I would definitely say yes. Are there any circumstances in which you maybe would think it's okay? If they were a very young teacher at the time, then maybe there's not too much of an age gap. Sure, but I'd rather not. Depends on the age gap, I reckon. But no, it is so weird. But I guess it depends how long. If it's like more than seven years, I think it's totally fine. Actually, my mum did have a friend (laughs) that got married to her high school teacher years later. And they had kids and stuff. So I guess if it's meant to be. But they're still together, still happy? Yeah. Wow. They have three kids. It's weird. But if that's how it happened, then it's how it happened. Okay. Yes. Thoughts. Here's my thing. I think it's very telling that people can only recognise the implication of power dynamics in systemic infrastructures. Yeah. So the teacher thing is what makes it weird. But how many other scenarios are you navigating in your life not recognising power dynamics at play for what they are? Like, for instance, let's say you're going on a date with someone who is insisting that they pick the place. It's in a place that's near them. They're going to pay for that date. They're going to instruct you on how this is going. But that feels more natural because of the, the optics of what it is to be dating someone. Yeah. In this context, though, let's talk about from, from what have we named this person? Amanda. From Amanda's perspective, if she was able to look at this scenario as Amanda, an adult, is having an adult interaction with an adult, it'd be less weird. But Amanda is viewing the situation from Amanda, who had an adolescent experience with someone, is now bringing that adolescent viewpoint into the adult thing. And that's what's making it weird. Yes. Clearly, she finds the past the problem, which is why she wrote us a letter about it. Which calls into question, what was the actual relationship you had in the past, babe? Yeah. I find it really interesting that a lot of the people in those responses from the streets thought that it was weird because despite the many voices we have heard about people saying that sex with an ex-teacher is odd, our producers actually did some research on this and found the results really interesting. So they polled 23,000 people and 47% of respondents said they've slept with someone problematic. This is maybe an intrusive question, feel free to say no, but have you slept with someone problematic, Flex? The only problematic thing I can think of in regards to sex is me once being what the kids call a homie hopper, which is is dating a guy or sleeping with him and it going poorly then to spite him sleeping with his friends. Okay. So you... We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me validate you. We've all been there. (laughs) But that's as problematic as it gets. Who... what, What was that story that we heard of of that girl that slept with that Australian person in media who had abused his ex-partners and it was in the back of a club. What was that? Oh, this was actually an episode of Shameless. Yes, yes. remind me. Yes, so this listener had written into Shameless saying that they had slept with someone at the back of the club and felt 
much like Amanda in this situation, sexually liberated. She loved the experience. Didn't like the fact that her friends were kind of giving her shit for it. And then also maybe in hindsight, the next morning she felt icky about it. But on the night, she felt great. And this is why I feel like we have to stop throwing the word sexual liberation around. Straight women sleeping with men. Yeah. Because we want to talk about power dynamics, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power dynamics. Having sex with men in a patriarchy babe yeah (laughs) i want to bring it back to amanda because there's a lot more to discuss i think i feel like the years between this happening especially were an issue for me our producers gave us this fact that i think you'll find interesting Mm. a new law was introduced for victorian teachers in 2021 that bans teachers from having sex with former students for a minimum of two years after graduating. Whoa. Yeah, so the Victoria government is pretty much saying, Uh, don't do it because these students are vulnerable. But two years? Two years. What's two years? I don't know where they pulled that number from, but I feel like they're saying, just don't do it, ever. I feel like they're saying, if you're going to do it, just wait two years. I don't know, it's weird because I feel like there are so many laws out there they're not making, and the fact they're making a law about this means that they feel pretty seriously about it? No, I think it's the You feel opposite. I feel like it's the fact that they're recognising it's happening and to avoid blowback, that holds them more accountable than they want to be. That's really interesting. Because imagine, you know, realistically, I think Amanda's story isn't the most unusual in the sense that it probably happens across nationwide in some capacity. And so what happens is... Let's say you, you're 20, so legally you're an adult and you've slept with your ex-high school teacher who happens to be 35 and has a habit of sleeping with ex-students, but you're an adult, they're an adult, it's totally legal. Yes, but what if these 20-year-olds now decide that it wasn't legal, it was harassment of some sort, the school's like, oh, well, you don't even go here anymore, so it's not our problem. But they're like, well, no, this person works at the school. I think they're just mindful of the legal ramifications. So they're yeah. kind of like, mm, well, it's within two years, it's our business, but if it's not... Like, we've done our job you. here. Yeah. So I think they're trying to avoid, like, retrospective acknowledgement of uncomfortable power dynamics. So if you decide at 27, this interaction you had at 22 made you uncomfortable, they're like, okay, wait, you are alumni. So <laughs> this is not our business anymore. I don't think the government cares. I think they don't want to do paperwork. This is why I'm so glad you're here with me. You're, you're giving <laughs> me the takes that I needed. I needed that. How many years would you say is appropriate before sleeping with an ex-teacher? Okay, here's where we have to do a bit of um, mental gymnastics, mm-hmm. which I hate doing because I want to give a blanket number out. I want to say 25 minimum Yeah, because I think a lot of women in particular go through the stage from 21 to 24 where you feel like an adult because you've thrust yourselves in situations that give you the illusion of adulthood. You got a car, you moved out for the first time, you have a real job. (laughs) Yeah. These things are not markers of adulthood, they're markers of responsibility, but that's not reflecting on your internal capacity to deal with these situations that are potentially harmful. I think also whether or not you feel that you're affected by power dynamics consciously, subconsciously, there's a bunch of stuff happening. So best for you to just give it some breathing space. Yeah, for sure. It's like at that point, the world has kind of, all well, this is how it felt for me, thrust you into this like, oh, you're out of high school now, go to uni and like do all these things and like figure out what you want to do with your life. And it's like a whole thing and you're still kind of quite fragile. I agree with you. 25, because all the years 25. before that, it's like, it's rocky. You don't know what you're doing. You're yeah. still a child. You're still a child. I'm 27 and I feel as though I feel like an adult because I do adult things. Yeah. Like, 
like podcasting, like podcasting, <laughs> like paying people's salary. Yeah, but these things. You know, I could still fall victim to scenarios or environments give me the illusion of security when it's not actually there. So just. 25. Is Amanda 25? I think she's in that bracket of it being weird. I think let's do a solid 25. Yeah. However, if you do it, I want you to own it. Realistically, it's in the same way as like, as we're reading this letter, the creepy part is Mr. B. Yes. But we don't have Mr. B's contact. We don't have his (laughs) story. So Amanda now has to bear the responsibility of both decisions made by two separate people. So while her involvement was empowering, his was creepy and he'll never be accountable for this creepy decision that he's made. Also, if you're going to make this decision, please recognize that now you get lumped in with the creep you decided to sleep with. Yeah. So the creepiness here is the factor that is an issue for you because I want to know if this exact situation was presented to you minus the creepy stuff he did when she was in high school plus love like if they were actually love even if it was like here's a teacher that went to my high school we didn't have any interactions at all I just saw him from across the way hot PE teacher you know knew him by face not by relationship five years later or however many saw him on hinge matched we rooted it was fun that's not creepy at all I agree because the very last response that we heard in those series of responses from the streets of Melbourne, the woman was saying that she knows someone who ended up marrying an ex-teacher and having kids with an ex-teacher. When I first heard that, I was like, ain't that sweet? Ain't that romantic? I think there would be circumstances and like variations of this story that maybe I would think could be a sweet story. Yeah. It's just the Mr. B creepy stuff that ruins it for and me. I, yeah, Mr. B is creepy and also the fact that if you're a teacher, let's say you are a young teacher, 23 in high school, you're now interacting with hundreds of people. They shouldn't be in your dating pool regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if they so happen to be by chance, emphasis on by chance. Yes, not you adding them on Facebook <laughs> yeah. one by one, slowly picking them, <laughs> putting them in a basket. I'll get to you later. <laughs> Flex, the one thing that I want to touch on before we finish today's episode is the fact that Mr. B isn't actually a teacher anymore. He's in the private sector. Does that change things for you? No. No, not at all. I agree. Because the way Amanda has phrased this story is leading with the context of her being a student, him being a teacher, and that is the entry point into this whole discussion. Yes. If it was like raw, <laughs> raw. If it was just two adults. Raw animal sex <laughs> is what you were going to say. <laughs> two adults having already connected in this like serendipitous way and mm. they're meeting again five years later to start fresh with fresh context, fine. But the bulk of this interaction is you used to be my teacher and like, oh, now you're not my teacher, but I still know you as my teacher. And do you still think of me as a young person or like a hot, sexy woman? I don't know, but it felt empowering. No yeah. I never spoke. I don't want to project, but I feel like this I is an project. issue for her. And she is saying that it's not. Yeah. But I feel like she thinks it is because she keeps bringing up the fact that Mr. B used to be Mr. B, a mister, a sir, a teacher, a sir, Mr. B. The whole point, in conclusion, conclusion. reconcile two incompatible beliefs. You can say, look, a little bit weird, but I had a good time and let it be that. Totally. Flex, that brings us to the end of this episode of Everybody Has a Secret. 
Thank you for chatting with me. Give them to me. Whisper them to us. <laughs> and thank you to everyone else for listening. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our PO box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, if the old school mail system isn't your thing, feel free to email your secret to us at hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything, of course, will be totally anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. See you next time. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode. Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So think of that and now think of the opposite of that. (laughs) And that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now, have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.